Chapter thirty eight of Bunyip Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Bunyip Land by George Manville Fenn. Chapter thirty eight. How the doctor said thank you in a very quiet way. For some little time we did nothing but lie there blackened and half choked, blinded almost, listening to the sound that came up that rift. For the question now was whether the savages would know that we were there, or would attribute the roar to that of some fierce beast that their fire and smoke had destroyed. The voices came up in a confused gabble, and we felt that if the blacks came up the rift we could easily beat them back. But if they came round by some other way to the rocky patch of forest where we were, our state was so pitiable that we could offer no defence. Jimmy had been applying cool leaves to his legs for some minutes as we lay almost where we had thrown ourselves, seeming to want to do nothing but breathe the fresh air, when all at once he came to where the doctor and I now rested ourselves upon our elbows, and were watching the smoke that came up gently now and rose right above the trees. "'Jimmy no hurt now. Roast black fellow,' he said, grinning. "'Jimmy no powder go bang pop down slow.' "'Yes,' said the doctor. "'I was trying to get that last canister when I was overcome by the smoke, "'and just managed to reach the bottom of the rift. "'Who was it saved me?' "'Jimmy, Jimmy,' said the black proudly. "'My brave fellow,' cried the doctor, catching the black's hand. "'Jimmy come long, Mas Joe. Haul Mas docked up. "'Mas docker no wiggle Jimmy again. Eat much pig.' "'The doctor did not answer, for he had turned to me and taken my hand. "'Did you come down, Joe?' he said softly. "'Of course I did,' I replied quietly, though I felt very uncomfortable. "'Thank you,' he said quietly, and then he turned away. "'Black fellow here powder-bang,' said Jimmy, grinning. "'Tinkum big bunyip. I'll go away now.' I turned to him sharply, listening the while. "'Yes, I'll go along. Tink bunyip. Kill him dead. No kill bunyip, oh no.' There was the sound of voices, but they were more distant and then they seemed to come up the rift in quite a broken whisper, and the next moment they had died away. "'Safe, doctor,' I said, and we all breathed more freely than before. The blacks had gone. Evidently they believed that the occupant of the cave had expired in that final roar, and when we afterwards crept cautiously round after a detour the next morning, it was to find that the place was all open, and for fifty yards round the bushes and tree-ferns torn down and burned. The night of our escape we hardly turned from our positions, utterly exhausted as we were, and one by one we dropped asleep. When I woke first it was some time in the night, and through the trees the great stars were glinting down, and as I lay piecing together the adventures of the past day, I once more fell fast asleep to be wakened by Jimmy in the warm sunlight of a glorious morning. All black fellow gone long way. Come catch fish and find Nana. I rose to my feet to see that the doctor was busy with his patient, who was none the worse for the troubles of the past day, and what was of more consequence, he was able to speak slowly and without running off into the native tongue. We went down to the stream, Jack Penny bearing us company, and were pretty fortunate in cutting off some good-sized fish which were sunning themselves in a shallow, and Tee-hee and his companions were no less successful in getting fruit, so that when we returned we were able to light a fire and enjoy a hearty meal. What I enjoyed most, though, was a good lave in the gold-clear water, 
when we had a look at the mouth of the cave. The doctor came to the conclusion that where we were, shut in by high shelving sand rocks, was as safe a spot as we could expect, the more so that the blacks were not likely to come again, so we made this our camp, waiting to recruit a little and let the black village settle down before making any further attempt. Beside this there was our new companion, William Francis, he told us his name was, and that he had been ten years a prisoner among the blacks. Until he had recovered from the effect of his unlucky wound, we could not travel far, and our flight when we rescued my father must necessarily be swift. It was terribly anxious work waiting day after day, but the doctor's advice was good, that we must be content to exist without news for fear, in sending scouts about the village at night, we should alarm the enemy. Better let them think there is no one at hand, said the doctor, and our task will be easier. So for a whole fortnight we waited, passing our time watching the bright scaled fish glance down the clear stream, or come up it in shoals, lying gazed at the brightly plumed birds that came and shrieked and climbed about the trees above our heads, while now and then we made excursions into the open country in the direction opposite to the village, and fortunately without once encountering an enemy, but adding largely to our store of food, thanks to the bows and arrows of our friends. At last, one evening, after quietly talking to us some time about the suffering of, of himself and my father, Mr. Francis declared himself strong enough to accompany our retreat. "'The interest and excitement will keep me up,' he said, "'and you must not wait longer for me. Besides, I shall get stronger every day, and—' He looked from me to the doctor and then back, and passed his hand across his forehead as if to clear away a mist— while, when he began to speak again, it was not in English, and he burst into tears. "'Lie down and sleep,' the doctor said firmly, and, obedient as a child, the patient let his head sink upon the rough couch he occupied, and closed his eyes. "'It is as if his body grew strong, and his mental powers weakened,' said the doctor to me as soon as we were out of hearing. "'But we must wait and see.' Then we set to, and once more talked over our plans— arranging that we would make our attempt next night, and after studying the compass and the position we occupied, we came to the decision that we had better work round to the far side of the village, post Mr. Francis and two of the blacks there, with our baggage, which was principally food, then make our venture, join them if successful, and go on in retreat at once. End of chapter 38